0: Hey, I'm Tommy Chong.
1: Welcome to High on Homegrown. CC, we oui, we, oui. yes yes, multinational today, everybody. Is CC. <laughs> CC means yes yes, right? Well, that's <laughs> In- Spanish, yeah, that's
2: right. Uh,
1: maybe, maybe. I'm just trying to be yeah. inclusive. I
0: thought you <laughs> were doing the alphabet there myself. I had no idea where it was going I
1: wanted to throw you all off. Now everybody's so fucking confused. Welcome to High and Homegrown, the cannabis podcast from persysgrowroom.com. I am Mackie, the host of the show, and joining me on the panel this evening is GB. How you doing, bro? Hey, how's it going? Yep, yeah, man. And we got Marge from Canada.
3: Yep. Hey, how's it going?
1: Uh, TG from sunny Canada as well. Yeah,
2: also, how is it going? Zian, <laughs> how you doing, man? Evening all.
1: And then we have Monkey Doo from the USA. Day. Beautiful day in the South. Hope everybody else is good. So we have the Cannabis News and Events, as we do. We've got some tragic story from the UK, which the Zian's going to tell us about, which is going to lead us to a bit of a discussion, which you'll find out when we get to the news. Uh Strain of the Week is GB's Grapefruit Auto, which is grown recently from 420 fast but Going to get some info on that strain uh rot season is upon us Ooh, so it's uh, a bad season to be cool. in mm-hmm. yeah, especially outdoors now as well so we're gonna cover bud rot and how to prevent it and what to do if you find it in the grow guide section to make sure that you're well prepared just in case you, you see any rot and uh, obviously uh we don't want anybody getting any rot make sure you got good ventilation and shit but we'll, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to the grow guide. we'll do that now interview damn this was a good interview uh, this is like a ninety-minute interview, and obviously, it has to be edited down. It will be released in full at some point. But we interviewed Neil Woods, who's an undercover police officer. Who was we don't well, maybe still is. Yeah, could be, <laughs> couldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's an undercover police officer <laughs> from the UK. Yeah. In a call cool interview. He tells us about uh, a couple of the sticky situation he's found himself in. Some dodgy shit, man. Like life on the line. You know, poker Factor Ten. You know <laughs> it, And uh He tells us loads Throughout the full interview But i have taken the best bits here And put it in And we're also gonna uh, Discuss his books Before we move on To the listener mail I actually bought one Did you? Seriously What yeah, recently? Yeah, like um, bought it You didn't illegally download it From somewhere
4: Well <laughs> but that, that's what I was thinking. The yeah, the X X X Copper. I'm was not saying anything. I, I, I am not coming out live on air and saying I illegally downloaded one of his books from one of my popular download sites. You no, know, I am not
1: so saying no, anything about my I solicitor present. Okay,
0: <laughs> he now has some of his book, put it that way.
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. so that's, and then we, of course, we have a, the listener mail section where you can ask us questions. We've got some lined up from the forum. But if you have any more that you'd like to ask, us, send, drop it in the chat later on, and don't forget forget to put a little cue before it so it's a question specifically for us. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Hit the like button if you haven't done that already, and don't forget to subscribe if you're new to the channel. Uh, share it if you know, share the video if you haven't done that already as well. We'd appreciate that. And join the mailing list if you're not on the mailing list already, but I'm sure many of you already are. The link for that is in the description of the video, and if you want to or you can. Then become a patron and support the show with just a little bit of dough here and there. But that's about it, really. That, that's us. That's what we're gonna to do today, this week, this fine Sunday. Make sure all, all your splits are rolled and shit. Let's get high and discuss some news. Are we all ready for the news? Let's do it. Let's go, sir. Can we some news and events this week? We've got some cool news stories from around the world, man. Uh, GB, do you want to quickly mention the Alicia thing that happened today? Yeah, we had um, over in Ireland. There was a walk for Alicia. Um, it was basically, a, it asked as many people as possible to walk a kilometer. It was two, oh, two kilometres. Yeah, 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 to walk two kilometers. Um, and it was to signify um, to, to bring Alicia home. No, because it it would take over two thousand kilometres mm-hmm. for Alicia to walk basically back to Cork. And that's what we were doing. We were um everybody was working out. I can't actually I don't know what the total was in the end. Uh, Martin but, um, might be able to pop in later and let us know. I'm yeah, sure Martin all. might be able to I didn't um I didn't actually get a chance to do it. I was I actually enjoyed quite a bit of a walk myself today while doing it. So um it was great to see a lot of people. Um, yeah, I did an extra people. long walk today. I think it was over two kilometers, I mean, you know, with the Alicia thing. But I was walking the dog anyway, but I made it longer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I, I went over and I went for a walk with one of my mates. Sweet. And we went for a good fucking Jesus. It was about eight or nine kilometers. Nice, man. I hope everybody else went out there and did a, a nice walk today. Everybody do that on Sundays, you know, before the show and shit. Roll have a nice spliff. Whether you've got a dog or not, just go for a walk somewhere nice, man. Just take an hour to chill, have a nice walk, and smoke a reefer. Yeah. Suggest that now as winter's coming, Mackie. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so what's going on with the news this week? Who, who, who's coming first? Who's going first? here? Yeah. I'll take it. Sweet. Okay. Um, you remember
0: a while back, I talked about Amazon was going to go ahead and relax uh, regulations on its employees as far as cannabis testing. Well, today I've got an article out of Sky News. Amazon is lobbying the U.S. government to legalize cannabis. So you talk about a full fledged uh, about face here. This is mm-hmm. a company that was not hiring anybody, not even allowing you to apply if you failed a drug test. And it's now on the, the legalization side. It's pairing with the government to go ahead and, and uh, get get the job done in a statement made by Amazon. We find this 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 little statement here. It's, it's not a real long one. We are enthused by the notable notable momentum of the country towards recognizing that today's status quo is unfair and untenable. This is how we look forward to working with Congress and other supporters to secure necessary (laughs) reforms of the nation's cannabis laws. So (laughs) now Amazon is now a cannabis lobbyist.
1: You know what it is? So All of the employees get pissed, man. Like, I hate fucking working for Amazon and Jeff Bezos knows if everybody's smoking weed, they're less likely to complain. It's so true. especially if he gives
0: them weed. Well, what they've said though, is that uh, they've seen a threefold increase in applications since they've relaxed the drug testing policies, That's which is really sweet. good for Amazon because right now in this pandemic, you have a lot of people mm-hmm. that are, a lot of companies still looking for an employers and Amazon's one of those employers out there. I have a feeling it's just twofold. They're trying to appease the workforce. And of course, this is uh, if it all goes legal, you don't think Amazon's gonna try and find some dollars in this oh, <laughs> <shit>. oh
1: yeah <laughs> ten years time it's gonna be the the weed monopoly, man. They, they've already
4: got it. they've already got the fleet of drones in the car park.
2: They're just They're waiting for a yes. Every single grower and offer them a contract to grow for Amazon. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I think you mentioned this before, TJ. They're gonna be the biggest. That's what I think. Is, well, I mean, it's not a far stretch if you look at the shit. Seems to yeah, make sense, man. They, yeah, He's
3: He's have
0: prime weed, yeah. can be prime. Yeah, so prime can we, like, you could have two hours two hour prime or like one hour prime delivery from Amazon with the drone dropping it on your front porch, you know what I'm mm. saying?
4: You know, yeah. you could have it straight from the grower as well, because they could send a flipping drone to the grower and they wouldn't have anything to do with it then, would mm. they? Like yeah. the Uber
1: send cars out to people and shit. Yeah,
4: exactly. Well oh. like, mm-hmm. sounds like see, you guys see the same problems I see with this then, huh? mm. Apart from the fact that like their workforce is going to be a lot happier.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that, that, that can't that, be a
4: bad thing, can it? Because they're all pissed off at the minute because it's a shit hole to work for. That's mm. true. So maybe
5: that's, that's a good right. point. I, I read a similar of not oh,
1: Sorry, GB. Oh, sorry, mate. No, it's just a, adding in about Amazon. Like over a third of their their staff uh have to rely on food stamps in the yeah. US
5: yeah
2: to
1: survive. Like a lot of them,
2: a lot of the time, yeah. Mm. But, so what uh, you saying, no, TG, like,
1: you got some news out of Canada this week.
2: Yeah, it's uh, some good news, I guess. Um, <laughs> it is good news. Uh, it's, it's in regard to the uh, the grown case that, that Jesse's is undertaking. Um, and I mentioned last time a little bit, I think, when I talked about this, about Quebec and how they've also banned it. And just recently, the Quebec, uh, what is it, the Superior Court, or the Quebec's Court of Appeal, agreed with the government's ban on home-growing. Um, because uh, they cited all the shit about the reefer madness, blah, blah, blah. But um, so they, they've decided to take it to the Supreme Court, which is going to take about a year and a half to get there. And in the meantime, the Tobogron Group crew, uh, Jesse Lavoie at al., will be joining this lawsuit, joining Quebec. Uh, it's called intervening. Uh, they're going to enter the Quebec lawsuit as an intervener, which will uh, give uh, the Quebec... Uh, team full scope or access to the full scope of research and affidavits from leading industry experts including dr daniel bear who's been on our podcast Mm -hmm. dr av singh dr neil boyd and a whole bunch of other amazing people so basically they're uh they're joining forces um and uh they're gonna go jesse he texted me um and i being the expert legal person that i am was like oh that sounds good (laughs) you know um, and then he's like, yeah, it's going to be bigger fight, um, but a lot more fun. So it's, he sounds like he's really positive. And I think the more, you know, the more evidence you can bring to the table, better. And if Quebec's if Quebec's goes well, you um, know, it can only help Manitoba. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's kind of in everybody's best interest. But um, yeah, there's, there's a crazy t- statistic that I didn't really realize in this story. Um, in Canada, we only have a population of about 38 million people. And then the two provinces where home grow is banned, there lives about 9.9 million people. So that's approximately uh, 26% of Canadians. And that means 26% of Canadians are not allowed to home grow cannabis. So that's a a big portion for a legal country, right? That's very strange. Bullshit. But um, yeah, no, it's good on Jesse and good on, Mm -hmm. I I wish them the best. And uh, again... I'll, uh, I'll put it out there that if anybody in Canada wants to donate to Jesse's campaign, I will send you seeds. Um, just uh, you know, DM me on Percy's Twitter whatever, and uh, send me a picture of the receipt. Go to toboogrome.com, and yeah, I'll be more than happy. You get some sweet swag from him, too, and also, you get to help the case. Yeah. These, uh, these guys, you know, they need uh, it's expensive shit to go to court, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, so man, it's a very man. exciting... Uh,
1: I guess. Good luck, so, man. We'll, we'll get him on at some point so we can fill us in on all the information.
5: Yeah, when definitely. when
1: we know what's going on. But GB also has some news for us. You got GB? Yeah, I've got some news that came out of um, the university in. I can't remember. Sorry, Vermont in Burlington. It is about cannabis may alter a teen's developing brain. I find this study very what way to say it just trust the science GB just trust <laughs> the load, science no i, I call <laughs> clap trap on it okay because it starts off as they're talking about a study with teenagers and they done a scan of over 396 teens starting at the age of 14 and throughout the the course of the scan they are throughout the course of 10 years they continue to, to do MRI scans and they did find that with um, some of the, the teens that used that there was a tinning of the frontal cortex now this is normally part of this This happens through as you develop it's the part of your reasoning mm-hmm. and it goes on to say how it can change the, the views, um, not their views, the, the paths that the neurals neurons take, and that it tins them out and as they thin them out, they make them more to, to make you more less erratic and more sensible as such mm-hmm. you know and then it goes on to talk about rats right and how it's happened in rats, and it talks about how they change their. Uh, the study on rats and how it changes their behaviour, but it doesn't actually explain where the changes in the behaviour or anything is. So I found that the article quite most of these good. fucking studies are bullshit,
4: you know. Yeah, yeah it doesn't said who funded
1: it, and there's in the title cannabis may may the and t- you see development. Yes,
5: yeah.
4: the,
1: the, the thing that I find funny about it is or unusual is I find cannabis helps you make better decisions because hmm. you can look at things and say, just because this is what everybody else does and this is what you're told to do, but you know that it's wrong. It talks about um, bringing on anxiety issues and things like this. Now I could see problems developing for, because if you are a consumer when you're younger, you could get paranoia because you're looking over your shoulder every two minutes.
4: I wonder if the same statistics would hold true in a flipping legal country. Mm. if the teenagers were allowed to smoke it would they still be coming up with the same bullshit about like oh it damages teenagers but well, this right? is the
1: point is like doubt it. in mm. places where it's legalized there's much less teen use so this is uh, like they might think that this is an argument against cannabis but it's definitely for the legalization and proper control yeah. of cannabis yeah. to make sure that teenagers mm. don't get hold of it you know what it's mean? like fine legalize it and make sure people over the age of 21 can fucking have it and nobody under and then you no know, problem solved right because what We're you want to do? Practice. You want to stop people getting cannabis? You've been trying that for fifty mm. fucking years, mate, and it hasn't worked.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So you can't so, do it. We know you can't do it. <laughs> so is well, there is possibility way. for change in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's is coming. This man.
4: article pro now count, at the minute. Yeah, as long as it's regulated, or is it against cannabis?
1: Mm. Funk knows. So we've also got some news from March here.
3: Yes, we do. March so our
1: panel is- uh, expert on edibles.
3: That's right, and this article <laughs> is drinkables edibles could lead future of cannabis industry now this is from the perspective of the canadian cannabis industry the legal industry yeah. and to summarize they basically said that the legal cannabis sales have so far displaced about 50% of the black market sales yeah. which mm-hmm. is pretty significant if you're ever selling on the black market losing half your business is you know pretty mm-hmm. si- going to hurt um they were saying the sales of cannabis as far as compared to alcohol is still pretty small. They do way more alcohol lottery and casino sales overall, but they're catching up and they think where they're going to catch up is with the growth of edibles and drinkables because there's so, there's so many new cannabis uh, or the canna curious, if you, for lack of a better word, who are <laughs> getting into cannabis through edibles and drinkables because they seem just that much more approachable. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much the, the gist of the article.
5: Yeah.
1: Uh, that's it. Yeah. Not, a lot of people don't smoke nowadays. It's less and less people smoke. And might, people might vape and shit. Yeah. It's not like back in our day when everybody was smoking cause it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs>
3: yeah, but I would love to see like if they're really serious about you know expanding the cannabis industry with edibles and drinkables. They really do need to change some of that legislation surrounding it
5: mm-hmm.
3: so that they can have an even bigger impact on the black market because they're just not potent enough for a lot of people. If if you're new to edibles or cannabis generally, it's fantastic because they are very low dose. But for more experienced users, a lot of the times it's just not. It. It's just not
1: enough. I just need a pure block of hash, please.
3: (laughs) Yes. You can always make your own edibles and then Mm -hmm. you don't have to rely on on what you buy at a store.
4: Exactly. That's true.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was noticing the dispensaries that you're going in, you're looking at five or ten milligrams a dose. And if you're you're seasoned at this, you know, give me six or ten. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm not yeah. joking that's what he.
4: thought that's, uh, that's what i said no, to that geezer at that show when he handed me one of them things with the flipping tongs i said come on mate i've been smoking for fucking years put some more in there He just filled my handle yeah. <laughs> that was so funny
1: and yeah, but he's going to break the stigma eventually you know he's bringing them kind of curious people into, you know, the, the, the world of cannabis, man. They'll start growing. I really their maybe. I, do yeah.
3: that. I do see that a ton in the dispensary I work at. There's a lot of people, whether like young people or old people, all kinds of people that come in that have never used cannabis before and they're interested a lot of the times in the yeah. edibles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which
5: is
1: crazy, man, because that's your fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. A, a lot of, the,
4: a lot of the, 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 what's it, money coming in from the industry is coming from the likes of the Coca-Cola company now. Mm. they're looking at infusing Coca-Cola with cannabis.
2: Now cannabis oh, will be, yes. to go, to, to be go from cocaine
4: <laughs> not so long ago, to take the cocaine out and make the the, the Coca-Cola like less druggified. Now they want um, to put cannabis back into the it. The
1: cocaine might be back one day. You never yeah, know. Well,
4: did they ever take it away, though? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, well, like it, yeah. Be.
1: He drinks like 30, 40 cans mm-hmm. a day <laughs> I only was at shopping this morning And I have 180 cans of Coke in my fridge that, yeah. That'll
4: last it till Tuesday then, yeah
1: So, ZM, what are you saying about your news, man?
4: Yeah, my news is a bit sad as it goes Mine's from the UK Um
1: Which uh, makes it sad anyway Because it's a real shit show here right now Yeah,
4: it's a total <laughs> shit show here right now anyway Um, All sorts of shits go wrong. But this one's kind of like a a bit of a, this is why we don't tell people. Um, Some guy, I'll give you his name, uh, Christopher Albury Burridge, 33 years old, died from a stab wound when armed men tried to break into the home in Kingsley area of Northampton on the 11th of December last year. They were attempting to steal a small number of cannabis plants uh, Mr. Albury Burridge was growing. Um, da, 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 da. his family said he had been naive to the risks of the very dark underworld of drug cultivation. Listen to us, we're a dark underworld now, eh? Yeah, man, it's, wow. So, they've they've all been done of uh, murder, they've all been convicted of murder, bar one, uh, who was convicted of manslaughter, um, and they were sentenced, or oh, they're due to be sentenced on the 29th of November. Um, but apparently, the, this guy lives in Northampton, right? So, Northampton is probably 80 miles away from London. And the, all these guys, apart from one, lives in Norwich. Uh, sorry, lives in London, the last mm. one living in Norwich. Well, Norwich is even further away. So these guys have literally driven 80 miles to break into a house with the, the, the possibility of killing somebody for a few... cannabis four plants, yeah. Unlike... Well, the thing is, right, this is the BBC, and the BBC are known for telling lies. So there could be a hell of a lot more to this story.
1: Look at this. Chrissy's death was a consequence of greed and a knife-carrying culture. No, Chrissy's death was down to the consequences of 50 years of fucked-up drug laws. It's as simple as that. If cannabis was legal and everybody could just grow it, then he wouldn't have been stabbed over it because them guys would have just been growing their own shit anyway.
0: Yeah. I'll go buy it at the store you know either way yeah, you've had it, yeah. i wouldn't even have to kill somebody. you know, just trying to
1: place the blame somewhere else man when the fucking real blame is on is on the establishment this is their problem man. they cause this shit. they need to fix this shit to stop shit like this from
4: happening They do you no know,
1: greed is just something humans do that's just what we do man yeah. well, I mean, it would, doesn't
4: matter what it is you know value yeah
1: it would be interesting when the simulation's over, if you could watch like the other side, be like, change, make drugs legal, like all of them, make them legal. Let's see what that would have been like, man. And send me on to that one. Same thing, same thing, same year. Want to do it again, but drugs legal. But, you know, tragic shit there, man. Some He's only a young guy, just kind of lost his life because he's growing a few plants. But you know what? This is the thing here, everybody. How did anybody even know about it? How? People should not know about your shit. Because it, it's not just the police you have to worry about. It is these motherfuckers who are going to kick off your door and kick the shit out of you, stab you, and take right. your shit. That's the ones you want to be concerned about. They have no rules, man. That they will do just whatever the fuck they like. If the police come, at least they can't kick fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Well, maybe right. depends, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> no, it no, well, yeah. Tragic news, man. And thoughts go out to his family and shit. That's some bullshit. And it's just one of those yeah. things. It just proves that we need to change. What's going on, somebody
0: here? finds out and they've got this information and they think it's cool and they're going to tell somebody
5: mm-hmm.
0: it's the cool factor gets you back. It's always the cool factor. Somebody thinks it's cool, and they know somebody who grows.
2: Yeah. So out of police, that. At least, at least, usually, just get your dog killed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, okay you now yeah. it it'll come alive for my life. It's a chihuahua, man. It's coming come right on. for us. <laughs>
5: yeah. Some um, forum yeah. news,
1: uh, yeah, for a uh, big piece of forum news is we now have an official high on homegrown.com website. So that's where we're going to be doing live streams and sending episodes and shit like that from now on, nice easy place. You're going to be able to find everything. Uh, Each episode is going to be put up so you can find the links for all the news articles and different show notes throughout the episode. So, you know, you're going to be able to be much more well-informed, you know, if we do a grow guides and there's pictures and things like that involved, then that will be involved in the show notes. So you can go and see the show notes to see what pictures we're talking about and things like that. It's going to be a nice addition to the show. And I hope everybody goes over to homegrown.com and visits it. Super. Yeah, cool. it looks
3: really good too.
1: It's coming out. It's a nice website, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. Very, it's all fast and shit. But it's just putting content on there, which is the mission now. So, any more forum news? I think that's it. It's, it's been quite a week for news. Look, look oh, chat's back. Chat's back. i got chat oh, back. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, for now. I mean, it, it went a bit dodgy the other day. Uh, but uh, there's been no major problems with it right now. And the developers said they are looking into shit to try and find what the problem is and fix it as well. So, looking into
0: it's one thing. I'll, I'll, I'll believe it when it's fixed,
1: man. Mm-hmm. But everything seems to be running smooth right now. So, we'll leave it where it is. Fingers Sorry. crossed. Yeah, but that's about it for the news. So, strain of the week. It's time for you, GB. So, your grapefruit auto. What are you saying, GB? Tell us a story about your plant. Yeah, the grapefruit, auto. This was actually one that um, I'm growing her out there now at the minute. She's actually a week away from harvest, believe it or not. And she is a fucking powerful little plant, I have to say. Um, She comes from fast buds, 420 fast buds. And she is, I would call her a medium, medium in the... The range of THC, she's a t- 19% THC, they say, and a 1% CBD is what she's made up with. Um, so like Yeah, yeah. She's a, the, I found it a very easy plant to grow. Literally just a tiny, tiny little, little bit of LST. And she has been so happy. And I just talked to her once. What, what size pot um, she's actually in a small pot. She's only in a 1.5 litre. Oh, right. So very small pot yeah. then. Fuck. This is a cocoa grow, right? This is in a cocoa grow, yeah. She's a really, really fruity smell that comes off. Of, I'm getting a really strong citrus smell. Right. She she stays small in stature. She normally only goes around the 90 centimetre America. And she is a fairly quick flowering plant because she flowers... In about 70 days. So it's not... She's not too bad. Oh, no, sorry, sorry. Is that from sorry. germination to from harvest? Seed, from seed to harvest is 70 days. Yeah, it's not yeah. so bad. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, and she works both well in indoor and outdoor. Mm. You know, um, I was doing it in a micro-grow, and to be honest, there's... I reckon there's about an one and a half to two ounces nearly on her at the minute. Sweet, man, for the small pot. Mm. It's good... For such a small pot, I've been doing, i, I done this, it was a, a little tester, and that's um, just grown underneath a small little-ish 100 as well, so um, she's doing very, very well. Sorry, I'm just trying to download this picture.
0: Sounds like a pretty good proof of concept for a micro-grow, though, you know, two ounces per plant and a small pot, that means you could fit a bunch of them in a tent and really have a mm. nice little tester tent going there
1: yeah yeah yeah. Micro. good point you know yeah lots of different strains how mm-hmm. big mean, is her pot one uh 1.5 liter
2: that's not a micro
1: Close. i mean well that's
2: not a micro what the fuck
1: <laughs> i
0: mean i do fifty mils so yeah
2: i would yeah well i would i grow in one and a half gallon pots all the time yeah that's what i do six and my can't. for usually well i gotta show you it
4: because the fucking thing is I mean, guess you guess know, it's it's well, awesome you
1: can visit sure. the website after the show and you know, yeah. check out the show notes when the episode goes out and you'll be able to see the pictures on there. That'd be sweet. But there's a reason mm-hmm. to visit. But yeah, man, was you impressed with it, GB? You're happy with the grow? It was nice, easy. I'm one. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy with it because for the, the size of what she is, I would say for me, she is about forty centimeters mm. high. She's just four little branches coming off and they are just massive, nice. solid nugs. They are so resinous. It's just like, it's, it's just oozing off it. Nice. Now, and this dank, the smell is just phenomenal. Uh, you, you really need to have a filter with this one. <laughs> That's if one you, thing I would even say. Even if you got one, even one small one. It's very uh, even just one small <laughs> little one, man. She is fucking pungent. I have her... In there with a critical, uh, critical, um, royal queen seeds and one of our very own twisted, um, girls Sweet. I have in there as well. And all, over all of them, that's the one that you can just smell that the minute you open the tent, it's just boom, it's mm. just the grapefruit is hitting you in the face. Nice, you know. So, yeah, yeah, I, good I, I'd highly, Sounds. highly recommend it. Check it out if anybody's looking for something new to grow the Grapefruit Auto from 420 Fast Buds. And they, they usually do good strains, man. Usually. But, you know, you always get dodgy ones too. Everybody's got bad stories. Check them out for yourself. See what you can do. So that's mm-hmm. about it. Now we'll go for the grow guides and talk about rot. Yeah, so, bud rot. Anyway, we've all had it before. I've had it before, GB. I know you had it recently too, right? Yeah, I only had it on my last one, man. And it was literally the day of harvest I copped it. And uh, so, yeah, and you've had it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And T G. Oh yeah,
5: I've had it.
1: And monkey?
0: me too yes oh wow, marge
3: yes actually i've had to deal with that as well so there happened. you go
1: everybody yeah. that's how <laughs> fucked up this shit is man
2: everybody gets it you know I'm don't get bud rot. you probably haven't been growing that much like mm-hmm. sound like a mm-hmm. pretentious dick but you know
1: i said this in the article <laughs> it where, is a writer passage because i wrote an article about bud rot recently on percy's grow room and i said you know bud bud rot is something all growers experience you know and it's just well, later it's just one of the things you have to go through, man. And then you might be able to prevent it from happening again in the future by keeping the environment better. Cause you learn like the limits, you learn where the line is. Like, I can't let it go over this cause then I'm going to get rot.
5: <laughs> but,
1: so we're going to talk about rot, about where it comes from, how it starts and how you can recognize it on your plants in case you haven't seen it before. And then uh, tell you how to get the fuck rid of it. Pretty, pretty easy, right? So first off, we should start off with what the fuck is bud rot? TG, you want to handle that, bro?
2: Yeah, sure. Bud rot is a kind of a common term for Botrytis cinerea. Uh, yeah, cinerea, I think is how it's pronounced. It's a, a fungus that attacks uh, not only cannabis but many, many different plants. Um, and yeah, it, it I guess starts. I don't exactly know the mechanism but i know it, it it basically it kills the tissue it eats the tissue from kind of the inside not from the outside uh usually it, it's in recessed areas where there's high humidity and mm-hmm. very stable kind of air movement and stuff and yeah it basically just uh it starts growing there and it eats the the plant tissue from kind of the outside in at least in the case of cannabis and um yeah basically just ruins your crop mm-hmm. Because it's dead and it's got spores and fucking it's yeah. That will spread
1: and grow and spread yeah. and grow and spread but and it's grow. It's a fungal a fungal
2: thing. Yeah. It's
1: horrible shit, man. And is it it's just that got wrenching feeling when you open up your tent one day and you see yeah mold oh yeah right. like, there's a dead
2: leaf where there wasn't a dead leaf and no other dead leaves are dead there and it was previously mm-hmm. perfectly healthy it's like fuck,
1: but, uh, well yeah that's a good start of, of what the fuck it looks like monkey do you want to talk about what rot looks like and how you'd see it on yeah. your plants
0: well uh generally when i've seen it um on living plants because i've had it both in drying and i've had it on living plants ouch yeah mm-hmm. I both <laughs> but uh, i've had it um On living plants, usually it's like you start seeing the uh, sugar leaves on the buds, start turning, let's say a little bit dying too quickly, maybe getting a little bit crispy too close to the buds, a little bit too fast. That's a good sign that you're starting to get rot. You want to look a little closer. Usually when I see it though, is what I'll start seeing is just a touch of little white cottony looking fibers right on the edge of a bud. Usually on, not on the very tip top of the buds, but usually on the tops But a little way down, a little ways down, where it's not getting full airflow or something like that, Mm -hmm. you'll see that little white telltale. And at that point, you better start digging because
1: it's in there. You know, yeah, man. And TG mentioned there as well about that pale leaf. If there's just one single leaf, like the plant looks healthy, but there's just one leaf that's yellow randomly, just there. Then it, that is a sign that that there's possibly bud rot at the base of the stem of that leaf. So make sure that you get you you know follow the stem of that leaf to where it meets the bud, and have a check in there. And if there's like a brown patch or a, a grey mouldy kind of patch, then that's going to be bud rot. And if it progresses too far, then we're going to get to the stage where there's mould over the buds. You'll see it's like a webbing, like spider mites in a way, but moldy you know moldy white fluffy really mold. really good pictures here I just can't fucking find them find there's them here. Find pictures here up on the uh on the screen already yeah it's pretty oh, big. Yeah. you start okay.
0: seeing that white cottony stuff and it's not really as bad as it's on the screen right now at first it will just look like a few fibers oh mm-hmm. man start digging because it's
1: there yeah and then pretty soon just ah. a couple of days man it'll get out there and smash it you know it can wipe out your whole grow pretty quick so there's one here uh what does it smell like and I saw that like, this was a question that was asked often, yeah, and it's like it will cool. smell like mold, but don't go around just sniffing it, man. It's it's mold no. spores, kind of musty, yeah, musty like old mm. kind of
0: smell
2: a little mm. bit. Uh, I don't know, like a basement that doesn't have any ventilation. Yes, so. like if you go into an old person's house, yeah. there's always a musty old <laughs> kind
1: of smell. You Smells know? like old person.
2: Yeah. <laughs> If you can really see on that picture this is one that i this is a rom, a purple romulan i believe that had bud rot and it's i dug out in that little crevice there and you can see how it's just it looks totally different than the trichomes obviously some people say mold looks like trichomes but not not even close no, it's no. like fuzzy and cotton wool, wispy yeah wispy yeah, what i do sometimes is i take my my microscope and i look at the leaves and if you see Strands of like look, it looks like fucking spider silk, right? Going from mm-hmm. leaf to leaf, yeah. And there's this, this fucking network uh, of webbing, uh, uh, and yeah, yeah, you're in trouble.
1: Yeah, nice picture there on screen of what uh bud rot looks like. If you want to take a look at the guide over on Percy's, it is, 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 is the,
3: a, the something guide. that would be like is pretty easy to spot just by looking at it, or for the most when part, when it's too late, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when it, 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 it's too so late, you should them. maybe always be watching for it.
4: You need to be looking for it, yeah. Because I, right. I lost a whole bloody plant. My uh uh what was it? I think it was the, the Percy's Big Bud, the yeah. the game changer or whatever it's bloody bollocks, 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 whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, I um I just when I harvested that big bud, Percy's Big Bud just recently. Um, that's the one that got a little bit of it in the drying tin That's yeah. yeah, yeah. when yeah, I stuck it in Probably the tent. Nice. And I went away and I came back and it was just in like one, the top of one yeah. of the buds. It hadn't progressed oh. very far. It was mm. just a little bit in there.
4: Mine so it was, was like that to start was, with.
0: To keep away. lower
1: humidity then.
0: Yeah, throw it, away
4: maybe a quarter and that's all I had to throw. Well, say yeah. My, my humidity is fine. I've, I've got a 50-55 like you. Yeah, well, let's talk
1: about that first. So it's like uh, we're jumping ahead of ourselves there because we need to explain why bud rot happens in the first place. You know, so the, the mold spores will be on your plants and they'll germinate and start to grow, but they need to be in the right conditions. Marge, do you know the conditions bud ruts to germinate in this year?
3: Well, I would assume it's just too much humidity because <clears throat> that's sort of how most molds and stuff end up growing.
1: Yeah, that's he it, it's a mold, mold isn't it? It's down to temperature as well. Temperature
4: mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. If it's yeah. cold, it doesn't. It needs to be around 17 degrees. Mold yeah. is perfect in 17 degrees C.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Humidity, just like Marge said, yeah.
5: Don't
4: mm-hmm.
0: do it. Yeah.
1: And then another major thing is airflow, air circulation. You can't have any stale air in the groom that yeah. your fans need to oscillate and reach every bit of your tent to make sure that there's no stale air
4: pockets. Well, it, the humidity will build up in there. It's a weird one. I mean, it's not just plant rot and mold on plants. If you've got like if you've got sort of houses, if you're in the UK, you'll know this one because every every part of the UK is affected by this one. When it's cold in the winter and you shut your windows because you don't want all your heat disappearing out, you've got no ventilation in your house because of all these new flipping double glazed shit all over the place. So you get like black mold in corners mm-hmm. where the warm air doesn't get to circulate and shit. Yeah,
6: yeah,
4: It's exactly the same. So that kind of like environment is exactly what your tent's experiencing, but mm-hmm. there's loads of plants in it instead of a few people.
1: You know, fans on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, oscillating, have two fans, three fans, make sure there's enough.
2: With botrytis, too, you can't really avoid it in the sense of, like, sterilizing your tent. The shit is, Mm -hmm. like, pretty ubiquitous, right? Yeah, it's everywhere, everywhere. it's everywhere, yeah. You just got to, like the guy said, make the environment not hospitable for it to even start growing. So how does it spread?
3: Preventing it preventing it's probably your best bet and then
5: trying to pick about it yeah yeah see
1: so the spreading of it you know it's uh because it's it multiples are really light and as soon as it gets exposed to the air then it will just carry on a breeze until it lands on something yeah Yeah.
2: they fly around pretty easy Mm -hmm. hence the good reason for good extraction Mm -hmm. contaminated tools too like if you're doing Mm -hmm. cuts and clones and stuff make sure you sanitize that shit because even if you don't know you know you might have a healthy plant that can resist it but as soon as you open up that mm-hmm. tissue then it fucking
1: yeah because you and, mentioned that earlier as well how yeah. it needs to get into a soft into the soft yeah. parts of the plant and that can only happen through bruising or breaking and removing leaves for no reason you know yeah. the, or the spore will get into there and and that's where it'll start yeah. to take hold so be careful not to damage your plants as well because that, that's where it can happen. like when you bruise an apple if you bruise an apple and leave it sitting in a warm room then that bruised spot there is going to go moldy and shit and take over the whole apple It's the same principle with your buds. You know, Just treat it like a piece of fruit. Try not to damage it. Try not to bruise it because otherwise it will go moldy and keep the airflow going round. Uh, Make sure that it doesn't get too humid. And and you'll be okay, most likely. But the biggest problem is is when it gets in the big buds because the big buds, no matter what you do, you can't get the fan to blow air inside a big bud. It's just going to be trapped air in there. So sometimes the mold can germinate inside that regardless of what you do. So and you the cursor the big buds, man. And I think that's, that's cool. what happened the, the, the big bud, fire. the
0: Percy's big bud who had that problem because that, those buds were so dense and so rock solid. Yeah. Mm. They were just harder to dry. It took a yeah. little longer to get to get that moisture out of them. 100 percent
3: yeah anytime i ever got bud rot it was always in those big beautiful colas and stuff yes the, those are the ones that always got it so it was like they were beautiful to look at but then you open them up yeah and look yeah. yeah. it's like when
1: you experience the growing it's like you start seeing big buds and getting worried rather than excited <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's
1: true you know you're onto something you know right? like oh, oh shit oh, you're gonna be too big now bro please stop please stop you in that realm of grower yes <laughs> so does it ruin the whole plant no no narrowly. not if you catch it too early. Yeah, what you Yeah, What, are you, say, what are you saying GB? It, it, it can it can ruin, it can ruin your entire crop, not just one plant, but if you catch mm-hmm. it very early, you can save it. That's right. Yeah. And that's yeah. why it's important to stay vigilant. You've got to keep yeah. checking. you have to keep an eye on it. I I got mine just at the very end. It was the last fucking day before I was harvesting and I just I, I let it dry out because I I always let the medium dry out completely and it was I left I looked at the the leaves hanging the, the broadleaf and I went oh, I, I'd clipped them off and I'd had to be ground them harvesting in the morning and when I went to look at it it was just starting to set mould in just underneath one Oof. leaf you know, so I, I managed to catch it but I lost I sacrificed the entire stem just because of it Right so we can move on now then on how to treat bud when you find it because when you've gone in to mm-hmm. find this shit and you found mould all over your plants what did you do? but what would be the first step? And Zian, what are you saying? What what did you do when you found bud rot in your plants?
4: When I actually found it, it was a little bit too late to sort of do anything, really, apart Mm -hmm. from get rid of the plant completely, um, because I'd left it in a corner. It it was kind of like the the biggest bastard plant in the tent as well. Um, And the size of the buds became an issue because they were too heavy for the stalks. So I had a yo-yo hanging the bud by the centre of the bud and the bud was even too, the half of the bud was even too heavy for the other half of the bud. Mm. So it bent in half and that's where the bud rot started. That's where the
1: damage started and that's where the bud rot got in and it started to spread.
4: And it did it at the back of the bud. So I'm looking at the front of it and there's nothing wrong with it at all. Nothing at all. Mm. And then it, I, I turned it round and it was like brown. The whole of the back of the plant was brown. Yeah, bastard. Yeah, so
1: the first thing you do when you find bud Right in your tent is you turn off all your fans because you don't want to blow the mould and try and spread any more spores around any more than necessary. There's probably a fuckload around anyway because you only just spotted it. But when you disturb it, it's going to aggravate the spores more. <clears throat> Excuse quarantine me. Quarantine that
2: shit. Yeah. That's what you
1: do. So and then web protection, you know? You put some put some masks on and put a uh, fucking gloves on you don't want to breathe this shit in and get it on your hands and you don't want to spread it any further so when you're handling the specific rotten but, but wear a pair of gloves but don't handle the plant anywhere else with that same pair of gloves you're trying to reduce the spread of the uh of the of, of the spores mm-hmm. So anybody want to take next step um, I have seen um, if you do find a a bud, and if it's in the early early stages, um, I've seen a lot of people if it's if it's like near near top or kind of halfway down, they they would get a pla- like a plastic bag mm-hmm. and bring it down over the cola that's um yeah is, um, infected mm-hmm. and cover it over really tight at the end, try not to disturb it. Because mm-hmm. you want to keep as much of those spores as you can inside the bag and then snip it underneath where you've taken out. Mm-hmm. That's one way of getting rid of an infected bud. That's the best way, mate. You know, you make yeah. sure cover it with a bag to make sure that the spores don't because yeah. when you disturb it, they're just gonna get out and spread like pollen does, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you cut the infected bud off and you throw it the fuck away. You don't use it for anything. Oh right? yes, you burn that. <laughs> No edibles, no oils, don't smoke it, don't vape it, don't, you know, don't even look at it because it's horrible to look at.
3: Yeah, very bad for yeah. you.
1: Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> just throw it the fuck away, man. And feed it to the worms or something because the worms will love it. The worms will enjoy it.
2: You, can you put can it in compost your compost. It, you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
5: compost. Mm-hmm.
2: Make it rid of mine via pyrolysis. Bonfires. What's, what's the? It's bonfire. Oh,
1: bonfire. Right. Yeah, but, you know, bonfire. don't use it under any circumstances, man. You just get rid of the whole yeah, bud uh, and increase the fans up in your grow room again. And, uh, when get If you can, get everything out of the grow room and clean everything as well. Try and get rid of as many spores uh, as possible. Works
4: don't be mm. listening to anybody saying that you can make edibles out of it and shit because mm-hmm. the mold spores are smaller than your microns in your flipping plants and mm-hmm. being... yeah that's right and yeah, there are some yeah. videos out
1: there as well and, you know, th- there's the Jorge Cervantes video where he's washing powder and mildew off buds and it's like powder mildew is not the same kind of mold no, it might just be on the outside and it might be able yeah. to be washed off bud rot on the inside of your shit man
2: once it's in there you I, it's I just want to play a devil's advocate for one second <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yes. Edibles.
2: <laughs> we yeah. eat moulds, like cheese and things. And is there any... Like, they get sick from eating blood like, rod? Like, say, in an well, I, don't, I, I wouldn't know, really, but I wouldn't advise it. I mean, you
1: don't specifically no, go it out you and know. eat mould yeah, mold in your lungs. Obviously. Or okay. it, yeah, like, but you can yeah. eat it. You know, you can eat mouldy yeah. bread and shit, and you might get ill. Like,
2: yeah, yeah, like an ethanol extraction, I'm thinking, because, like, that shit goes through, like, some pretty serious solvents. And... Yeah. I mean, it's not gonna like grow mold in your lungs because I would think that would kill. Yeah, being... all dead.
3: Well, well I think be the whole profile of all the weed would be off too, right? Because it's it smells bad. There's a reason it smells bad. And then you're starting out with shitty quality products before you make it into an extraction or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever. I mean
2: fully rotted, yeah. But I mean yeah. maybe just stuff with like a little bit like that picture of my my stuff. My when I did it, I only had maybe out of four ounces of plant. I, I lost uh say 20 grams but there were still remnants of maybe uh you know uh mycelium and stuff around other leaves but nothing like really crazy so i i mean i didn't i threw it all away anyway but i'm just like i said devil's advocate i've
4: got i've I've got something to add to this as well as it goes right just mold spores are in the air always Mm
5: -hmm. Mm -hmm. we are
4: breathing them in constantly this is why our lungs work on the expansion, flipping everything in, everything out. What's it? Because if yeah. we don't like do all that, we end up with pneumonia and shit, which is caused by possibly mold spores, you know?
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in your mouth, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So the, the 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 ability for mold to grow at any like point, stage, whatever in time is always there. So if it's already in us, what what's the harm in eating it?
1: Well, because when you're breathing it in, in the air, it's gonna be tiny amounts spores just one or two maybe just for an estimate but when you're breathing in from
2: smoking buds with bud right on yeah, it yeah, you're gonna have ones.
1: thousands of spores yeah, yeah.
5: millions yeah, of, the concentration of them, of them. Yeah, yeah. But okay. your,
2: yeah. your lungs or like your stomach's a pretty hostile environment yeah, it right it it's gonna be yeah. of well, one yeah. hydro-chloric so if- anyway
1: don't use don't yeah. listen to these crazy <laughs> fuckers yeah, right yeah, if there's yeah. if there's mold sure. on the bud throw it the
2: fuck away <laughs> you throw it yeah, away yeah. throw it away don't okay. listen we or just, send we it just, back to uh, the
4: dispensary that you got
2: it from yeah disclosure i didn't i didn't eat any of my moldy bud i'm just thinking out loud really yeah yeah yes
1: yeah. okay, so um, when you when you've um found the bud and you've removed the bud from the plant you know make sure you have a good check around everywhere else as well you know take the gloves off get a new pair of gloves on and have a good check for any yellow leaves that are on their own or any brown patches or gray patches on the buds, any mold, have a good check around everything just to be sure. And if you do find any same process, put a bag over it, snip it at the bottom, get it out of the grow room, but it shouldn't be on all the buds. It's probably just on the biggest ones. So, um, and then if you can get all the plants out of the room, clean the grow room good and try and just reduce the amount of spores in there, clean the pots, especially clean the fans as well, because the fans will collect mold spores and shit. And uh, reduce the humidity in the tent and increase the airflow. That's the best thing you can do and that'll reduce the risk of getting it. So, Monkey, you want to go over how you would prevent bud rot from happening in the first place? Well,
0: bud rot... For me, at least, when you're in in flowering, you have to keep that humidity level in control. That's the biggest factor you're going to have in your bud rot. So if you can, you need to keep your humidity level 60% or lower. I like to keep mine 50% or something like that in the late flower. 60% is my dead, drop dead. Like, nope. got to do something about it right now, immediately.
1: Uh, 55, man, I'd be scared at 60. Me too. (laughs) So like I said,
0: I I aim at 50 when those numbers get up there. That's when I am start panicking like that, though. But even if you have to deal with yeah. the high humidity, your, your airflow within the tent around the buds, keeping those stagnant pockets moving. You don't want any stagnant air anywhere. You can, It's gonna go a long way to keep that rod under control there. Um, get your humidity mm-hmm. level under control. Uh, if you have to start trimming some, some of the families or sugar leaves off to get space between the buds that, that I've done that before you need to get the airflow, mm-hmm. uh, light actually is going to going to help you. Uh, if, if the buds are getting light, late, late in bloom, that means you've got airflow because if light can see it, I mean, air can move down there. So that's kind of a thing i go i've got lots of dark spots a lots of crowded mm-hmm. foliage in there i'm i'm, I'm tucking I'm, I'm trimming i'm doing but again i have to be careful trimming in there because if i open up wound areas i could let bud rot inside so this is a balancing game uh i don't know it doesn't i've never found like a, a comprehensive guide on what to do on bud rot you just have to kind of balance the damage mm-hmm. you're doing to your plant to the safety you're giving your plant at the same time ideally By the time you're in late flower, all of this stuff is done and all the wounds are healed and your plants in a good position. But if you got if you got to get the airflow in there, do what you got to do. Get the airflow up, get the humidity down. And I don't know if this makes any difference at all or not, but I like to dim my lights late late in flower. I don't know if that affects
1: bud rot plus or minus. No, I don't think that would. No, it's more about airflow. Yeah. The most important thing, airflow and hiking. I've and only fought it, it if if that's. I've yeah, only fought it right. in one tent,
0: and I just recently, matter of fact, this weekend, I was building a new fan to go in that tent because the other tent doesn't get it. So I'm going to redo. You know, if you got one that's working and one that not that's not, you're pretty much going to yeah. go ahead and try and get the one that's not working like the one that does. So, uh, get your fans in there, however you got to do it: oscillating, cross vent hitting the side wall, turbulence, whatever you got to do, get the airflow moving around your plants, and you'll be better with bud rot.
4: Trim the bottom of them, bottom thirds of them plants as well. To oh, yeah, the lollipop.
5: Yeah.
0: That lollipop phase, yeah. I'm assuming everybody already knew that, mm-hmm. but it's a good point, Zian. You want
4: to cover that? Yeah, I can do. Um, it's it's always a good idea. I mean, I'm just about to get to that stage now. Um, my stretch is almost over on the, the sex pots, the Weed Seeds Express sex pots. So I'm just about to do my lollipop in of the bottom end, um, but yeah, it, it's kind of the, the the air needs to flow up from there to go up through the the canopy and stuff to take your like spores and shit up through your your your, your extracts. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's handy to do it because it's one of them places where it can start where mm-hmm. there's no air, and if there's if there's a hell of a lot of leaves and shit going on, you ain't got any air.
1: That's right. And this can also apply for indoors and outdoors. I saw somebody ask that. Does it only happen on indoors? No, it happens outdoors as well. If you don't get good airflow to your plants, it's going to happen. And also the genetics, some strains are more resistant to mold and that's more resistant. It's not immune. It can still get mold. It's just, it might be less likely to catch it. It's but it does happen why. outdoors. So say if you grew a plant too close to a fence or a wall yeah, or say. something like that, then that's going to trap a lot of air and it will build this up. Is the possibly humidity. why a
4: lot of people in the UK get mold because they're trying to hide their grows as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So they're stopping the airflow with fences and panels and whatever else. You
1: imagine it in a greenhouse. Yeah, you know, with, with no fucking ventilation, it's just sitting there. It's going to get moldy. Yeah. It's too humid and too warm. You
5: know.
0: That's why they had the greenhouse just went through. They had fans blowing like crazy in there because they had problems with bud rot. So yeah. they stripped more leaves off to get more, more uh, air blowing between buds and they increased the number of fans in the, in the space to get the bud rot out. So again, there you go. More airflow.
1: Yeah. So just a couple more things to cover before we move on to the next section. Um, sometimes you might buy weed from the, by well, not even just the legacy market. You can even go to the legit market nowadays mm-hmm. and you'll get bud rot in your fucking dried buds, man. So if you ha- if you smoke the weed and you're like this tastes like uh, this tastes like my old fishing boot, then <laughs> yep. it's probably mouldy. There's not a terpene that does that. No. <laughs> you know, if it yeah. just tastes mouldy, then it might be. And just stop smoking that shit immediately, and get your trichoscope out. And everybody should have a trichoscope if you really love weed, so you can see trikes now and again. And you'll be able to see what the, it, it, you know, you'll see the trichomes and you'll see some like wispy cotton wool sort of looking shit around it as well. And if it's got that, then that's your mold. Yeah, look at my picture. That's the mycelium, right? That's yeah. covering
2: a bract, just fucking entombing it. Rose. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we'll put all these pictures up on highonhomegrown.com for the, in the show notes after this. So if you listen to this episode and you want to see these pictures, head to highonhomegrown.com. Jeez, that's so fucking cool, isn't it, right? You know, where you can just say hi on homegrown.com like that. Huh?
5: Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm yeah, impressed okay, by that. Yeah, I it. like that. And then you'll see the pictures here and they all make sense then. But, you know, the last question is, uh, is budrat dangerous to humans? And it's like, you know, as we discussed, most likely... <laughs> you might be able to eat buds or something, maybe, because you can eat mold yeah, sometimes. I, I but just it's that. just best not to. You're probably right, though, TG. You know, maybe if you cook it or something, I mean, but just don't well, eat mold. It's not a good yeah. idea, unless it's That's penicillin true, or yeah. blue cheese or mushrooms. Stilton. Yeah, it's mushrooms, too. No. Yeah. yeah. But just be careful. And you can never be too cautious here. If you're at the end of the flowering period, last couple of weeks left, just, you know, be on top of that shit. <clears throat> Well, it's
4: it's another one, like mushrooms, isn't it? I mean, you can eat certain mushrooms, but you can't eat others. they kill you. Yeah. So it's got to be the same with, like, your botrytis and your blue cheese mold. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, man. So just stay the fuck away from it. If you see it, snip it out, get rid of it, check over your pants, clean everything, keep the airflow and air
2: circulation up, humidity down, and you should be okay. If you you are in it. If you're in a jurisdiction where you can have a like a fire on a Friday night in your backyard, it's really fun to throw it on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: At least you get to smell it, right? <laughs>
2: yeah. If I can, yeah. But and only if you're not in a legal so. jurisdiction,
4: it can be even more fun. Yes.
2: Very yes. good point. <laughs> Very good point. <laughs> right.
1: So good grow guides, everybody. You know, be careful out there. Keep it, even if you're outdoors, indoors or outdoors, if you've got ganja plants that are in flower, keep an eye for that bud rot. And it can happen in veg as well on stems and shit like that so you just always keep your airflow good that will keep the mold out of the way man if you just keep good airflow around the tent then you'll be sweet so let's go on to what the fuck was that it's time for gb to uh you're not going to tell us what the sound is yet gb don't tell us uh, do you tell us now
0: no um,
1: i don't even know what no. to do <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this sound went out on Tuesday's episode. So if GB wants to tell us what it is because nobody's guessed it, that's cool. But I don't think anybody's guessed the right answer. Right, GB? I don't think anybody has from looking at it, Dave. Um, there's nobody even really close. No, it's a difficult one. I'll play the sound here so everybody knows what we're talking about. Here we go. There we go. It sounds like a massive door closing, but it isn't that because I've seen the video of him actually making the sound. The, um, yeah, no. Um, will I tell you what it was? Uh, uh, no, man. Let's leave him in suspense for another week and see if they can get that one, but we still come up with uh, a get, get a new sound to us tomorrow, though, so we can have a new sound on Tuesday's episode and then we'll leave uh, both of them running. We'll see if anybody can get guess this one still. we'll give you a big clue it's It's not a door okay it's not a door it's not a door no it's not a door yeah
3: or a prison gate or anything like that or a prison gate
1: it's not a gate gate. (laughs) so yeah keep guessing everybody and we've got the thread over at firstfascoreroom.com so go and check that out and you can drop your answers in there and if there's anybody correct you will win some prizes anal beads wallet? from Billy Buns. It's like bro, what kind of anal beads are you fucking with if they sound like that? <laughs> yeah, don't don't know. Know. He's, got, <laughs> he's got
4: some strange noises. Everything's sexual related with <laughs> <our baby>. it, <laughs> is, it? it is yeah, it is he's <laughs> yeah.
1: been on lockdown for too long. Yeah
4: I think so, <laughs> so he's probably got like Victorian anal beads or something. A oh, wallet peace my wallet doesn't sound
1: that bad. <laughs> it's safe. It's the door to his safe.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, no. so, Let us know over at Thread at Percy's if you know what that sound is, and then we'll uh, have a new one on Tuesday. We'll see you then. Let's do the interviews. Let's do it. Oh, yes. Mr. Policeman. So high on homegrown, got infiltrated by an undercover police officer, bro. We didn't answer any questions. We we was asking the questions today. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: but he's a sound guy, man. You know, he's, imagine being a police officer and being against drugs for so long and then realizing, hold on, there's something not right here. And then you're stepping out and telling the world, you know, that I was wrong for all this time, you know. Mm. It's a brave thing to do. This fucking good guy, man. I like him he's written a couple of cool books, which we'll talk about after the interview as well. But he's been in some uh, sticky situations, as you can imagine. He's an undercover, was an undercover drugs enforcement
4: officer. (laughs) Was, is... We don't know. I say, it's tra- strange. You to decide. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, I'm on chapter six of one of the books and chapter five is about a sticky situation. he had.
1: <laughs> no that's what I call a sticky situation.
4: <laughs> it was an interesting conversation nonetheless, wasn't mm. it? Oh, yeah, yeah
1: man. Yeah, Man's got nice. balls of steel. He's been in some. Uh... Yeah.
4: And he still doesn't care, does he? He's still quite happy to just stand out there and say, yeah, yeah, that was me, mm-hmm. and write books about it and go, yeah, yeah, these people well, it, and these people. At I the did end of these, day, people
1: these people. he's trying to do the right thing and just try and reduce crime in, in communities, yeah. you know, because it's well, damaged, especially in the heroin trade there. It's, it's a lot more like damaging he said, to cannabis.
4: He, jo- he joined as a young man, is not And he was mm-hmm. all like, he was told what to do by his senior people, and that's what he did. And, yeah, yeah. You know, How was he to know it was all flipping for ulterior motives? Yeah.
1: And he also is the, is is I don't know whether he's the leader or not, but he's involved, no, he's not the leader, is he? He's not the leader, We've he's a, the chairman of the yeah, European. Of the UK one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, LEAP UK, which is an organisation with a lot of law enforcement. Uh, I can't remember what the acronym's for, but it's it's police and law enforcement officers that are uh, want to see it's changes in the trial. Law against prohibition, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there yeah. we go. That, that's the one. Yeah. And you know, law enforcement against prohibition, man. That that seems like the kind of guys we want to and need to work with. If we can get the cannabis community and the police officers together and to work together in the same for the same purpose, man, that's got to be a win-win combination, you know. So well, good, said, good to like talk to him. So, he was sorry. quite
4: happy to 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 go out if anybody wants him to go out to any of the ev- events and stuff. Yeah, he said he's quite happy. So like, let him know. Yeah, man, good guy. Hey, so, we'll, said,
1: um, sorry, monkey.
4: He also said, "Contact your
0: your local Leap area if you're if you're not in the UK, if you're in the US or something like that." He says, "Leap all over the country, yeah. all over the world." Right yeah, yeah. Now. So,
5: mm-hmm.
0: reach out. People would love to come talk, get to
1: involved, people. spread the word, man, spread the word. They're part of the community too if they're on our side. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll Good move on top. with the interview. It's about uh, 25 minutes, 25 30 minutes long, and all together it's like a 90 minute interview. <clears throat> but we don't put them on these shows. It will be released in full at some point. We don't know when. We'll hold you in suspense for a little while with this one because it's a badass fucking interview so here we go here's no woods we'll see you afterwards yes. so you used to be a undercover police officer yes specifically busting drug gangs heroin was the main thing right
6: yeah, I, my job used to be catching drug dealers. Yes. Um, but primarily it was the heroin and crack cocaine markets that I operated in.
1: So it's uh, a bit more intense than just cannabis. Did you, you see that there's a difference between dr- gangs that run cannabis and gangs that run class A's?
6: Oh, certainly then. Um, yeah. yeah, but I mean, cannabis was never a target. It was never a target operationally or strategically. Mm. Um, but um, and yeah, traditionally, I mean, most cannabis trading is done socially, isn't it? It's, 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 a, it's part of part of the community. It's not it's, it's not generally. Um, but having said that, you know, there is a big, big swing towards organized crime, grabbing slices of that market, you know, so that mm. as, as you as I'm sure you're all aware, you um, that traditional community spirit is, is distinctly under attack by the growing, by the grow of, of organized crime because organized crime want to control all the markets. Yeah. And so now you've, you've got, um, these massive grows, which, which, uh, some of the West Balkan gangs have set up yeah. and you've got Chinese players weirdly setting up in, in the UK as well. Um, so yeah, you've got all these organized crime groups trying to dominate the market. And, um, well, you know, that's prohibition for you, isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the main problem, isn't it? The prohibition, if it was controlled properly, like any other organisation, then we wouldn't have so much
4: crime. Mm.
6: Yeah, exactly. As Ian Fleming uh, said, um, prohibition is the mother of crime. And he, he said that very well. You know, he said that before, uh, way before the single conventions came in and our Misuse of Drugs Act. You know, he, he, he predicted the violence that would follow like many people did.
1: Mm. So why did you become a police officer? Was it something you always wanted to do?
6: No, no, I wasn't one of those kids that wore plastic little policeman hats or anything. I wasn't, I wasn't one of those, you know, I wasn't one of those people who saw myself doing that. Far from it. I, uh, I was more into really geeky stuff like um, just music and Dungeons and Dragons and things like that. So uh, I, it just didn't appeal to me. Um, mm. But then I went to university by mistake. Which was, my mistake. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah my, my mistake. Because, uh, whatever, whatever made me think I would be interested in a business studies degree, I've I've got no idea. I, I try and place myself in my young head, and I'm, I just can't imagine what I was thinking because within three months I realised it's the most boring thing on earth. Mm-hmm. So so I, I dropped out, and quite a few of my friends dropped out as well at the same time, and they did exciting things like going backpacking around Europe and fruit picking that kind of thing. So I thought well, that sounds fun. I'll have a go at that. And then I saw the advertisement for police, and I thought, well, you know, if I'm after something that's different every day, then that that would that would be different every day, and it would be challenging. So I couldn't make my mind up. So I flipped a coin, yeah. <laughs> and it came up, it came up heads. It came up heads. And wow, so, such hey, a big life changing
1: decision right there in that flip of the coin. Yeah,
6: yeah, literally, literally flippant. But I mean, having having said that, it might, it might have been a flippant way of. Um, of going into it. But I, I, I got into the into it quite quickly. You know, I really wanted to do something good, help people mm-hmm. do positive things um, and fight crime. You know, I, I, got, yeah. I did get into it.
1: Is it. How long was you a police officer for before you became undercover uh, drug enforcement?
6: Uh, four years. Now, the, the first two years in the police, uh, you, you're in what you call the probationary period where you can lose your job at the drop of a hat. And, and I almost did lose my job several times because I was crap. I was a, I was, a, <laughs> I was a terrible uniform cop. I really, no, genuinely, I really was. I just, I didn't, I was 19. I didn't realise how young, how naive I was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realise how sheltered I'd been. And I didn't deal with conflict very well. In fact, far from it. I was, I was really poor at it. So wow. I, I only stuck with it for the first two years just to try and prove myself I could survive for that two years rather than any long-term desire. But then I held on carried on and after the four years, got an attachment to the drug squad. Um, and it was there that one of them suggested to me that I have a go at, um, at undercover work, Which, but that was 1993 and that kind of undercover work hadn't happened in the UK before. I mean, you know, high-end undercover work had, but not not sort of starting at the ground level mm. amongst drug-dealing mm. gangs, so that was very new. Um, obviously, in the United States there, you, you've been doing that kind of things that, you know, Busting dealers on corners in that way since the since the 1970s, but it hadn't it hadn't got to the UK by that stage.
1: But it, it must have been scary, though, right? You, know, you being like the first team to do something like this in the UK to try and infiltrate drug gangs. Was, was you eager to do it when they offered you this deal?
6: Yeah, I mean, I was I was young and wanted. You know, I was. It was exciting to start with, to be honest. And to be honest, the first the first time I did it, it wasn't that difficult, really, because. They didn't see the tactic coming, you know. They didn't know that the cops were out there um, right. d- doing this kind of stuff. So, so to start with, it was relatively easy. But because at that time there was such enormous political pressure to get results, and the, the Home Office put out a directive at that time to all the constabularies to to make um, drugs investigations the number one priority, but number one, more than sexual violence, domestic violence, or any of these other things. The Home Office said your number one priority is drugs with a particular emphasis on heroin and crack so so the cops were under real pressure to get results and suddenly you know it's like seeing pound signs you know they they suddenly saw that this was a way of getting huge results quite cheaply so from that initial success uh, that really changed the, it dictated the next 14 years of my life because You know, a few days operation was done in a few weeks, and then I was doing no less than six or seven months at a time. And Yeah, I mean, it was dangerous. Yeah, it was. There was so many scary times, like, answering the door to a dealer who I I thought trusted me, because I'd been dealing with him for quite a while, and uh, opened the door, he put a a samurai sword to my throat. And... um, Oh. and he's just he's screaming he's, he's blood red in the face really angry and he's screaming at me and there's like spray of saliva hitting my face as he's screaming at me and I could feel the like cold the sword against my throat I thought Shit. this is it and he's saying you're fucking drug squad you're fucking DS you're fucking drug squad I know you are so I'm thinking Ow. well I suppose it was, it was fun while it lasted and, <laughs> and then I heard this woman laughing and uh, this woman stuck her head out from behind him and she says oh, wow I thought he was going to say he was then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the two of them just laughed they pissed themselves laughing and- yeah did you I piss yourself
1: laughing, laughing as well no he just pissed himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know oh, did, yeah, did you maybe- actually think at that point that you'd been caught was that, was that, was, you yeah, yeah, it was that do you think he was actually going to cut you
6: yeah because I, I mean i knew he was an unpredictable and violent chap so right. i think there was some possibility of it but but he was just winding me up, or, or maybe he was yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of the more aggressive people what they do is they, they like to occasionally put you in your place and remind mm-hmm. you that they're the person to be scared of, you know. Yeah, so yeah,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened from there? Did, did you you've gone into the house and laugh and joke? Ha ha ha.
6: Oh, um I asked him for half a tea, uh, and he then he had a go at me because he didn't have weights measured out in those half a tea. That.
1: What's half a tea?
6: Half a tea, it's half a teenth, which okay, is Okay,
1: wow, small amount. Which,
6: it's uh, yeah i mean it's it's you know it's the kind of it's the lingo for trading heroin um you know you talk talk about teens, half teas, mm-hmm. uh you know henry's all those kind of things um but half a tea is, is around a, a 0.8 of a gram uh and then he so he 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 just said no i haven't got anywhere near that weight so i just asked him before for four 10 bags and that's probably more detail than you needed, really. But anyway, yeah, right. Right. no, no, no. So, <laughs> yeah. As I was cleaning out, out, <laughs> out of our house, I put the four, the four foil wraps in a in a cigarette packet and put that in my pocket. And as I looked up from doing that, I looked up. I've got a knife pointing to my belly, and there's a guy in front of me. Said, "Give me that, mate." So I managed to get out of the dealer where he'd had the samurai sword to my throat to come out to someone to try and rob me for the heroin I'd just bought. Shit. Oh, Duh, but, fuck. Yeah, that frying pan and fire and all that. So so I said, mate, gone through a bit too much to give you this, sorry. And I started running backwards a bit. And and the funny thing is, as I start to run away and try and sort of hide, get away from him behind this car, uh, this this parked car, he says, no, no, mate, no, just come here a minute. <laughs> 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 No.
5: <laughs>
1: so, did you go to him? <laughs> no,
6: no. Th- th- thankfully, um, I might have been pretending to be a problematic heroin consumer, but, yeah,
4: yeah.
6: I, could, but I, I, I was still able to run pretty fast. At that you point. passed the police fitness test. <laughs>
1: Were you in situations like this often?
6: Yeah, more often than I probably want. Um, mm-hmm. But it was funny. It's funny, you know, when you because I had a lot of these happen to me between in my 20s you know between the age of 23 and uh like 30 m- more later as well but in in my 20s when I I had these dangerous things happen I found myself being able to think really clearly and you know because people have people deal differently when they have a surge of adrenaline mm-hmm. and I, I what I found is when I had a surge of adrenaline, I, I just got this, this sensation of time slowing down and having all the space and the time to think,
5: mm.
6: which is obviously an advantage if you want to think clearly and think your way out of the problem.
5: Mm-hmm.
6: But I've come away from these things afterwards, and these near-misses, these near-death experiences, and, and I thought to myself, well, wow, you know, so I'm, I'm one of those people who can cope with this. And as a young man, it was a real ego boost. I'll bet. You know, I thought, wow, this is great. You know, I can do this shit. I can do this shit. And then, of course, i got a reputation and my, a reputation with my peers. And yeah. and you love it, don't you? Yeah. you, know, if you and, and, you know, we all like to think that we're developing and becoming good at something. But it's sort of it's it, it's bitten me on the arse, really, that, that sort of cockiness as a young man, because I'm now diagnosed with chronic PTSD and all of those instances uh, have created, have, have contributed to that. But, you know, so I can look back on being that cocky young man and, and, and think now that, wow, you know, if, I, if only I'd realised. Do you course, regret
1: it then? Do you regret being a police officer?
6: No, I don't regret anything. Oh. I mean, there's many experiences that are harrowing that, mm-hmm. that I perhaps would be better off not having experienced, but I don't regret it because, you know, we have to go through the journeys we go through, don't we? Mm-hmm. However difficult. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now... You know, I just I know I'm doing what I need to do. So I can't regret you can't regret your journey, can you really?
1: No, that's it, makes who you are on the way. Yeah, but yeah. It's easy for people, especially on our side of the law, you know, us uh, cannabis users, it's easy for us to not like police because we're always a target. But we easily forget the amount of other things they do to keep people safe and and you know, they do a lot of hard work and suffer from PTSD for it. You know they've got a lot on their shoulders. There's a, a YouTube channel that they're called uh, Ben Pearson. You know that police officer? No, I don't know that one. It's a good channel. He tells about uh, things that he experienced while he was on patrol and things like that. It's interesting. I mean, police put up with a lot of shit, man. They see some horrible things. We don't appreciate it very much.
6: Yeah, they they do, and it's interesting that you you say that because you know policing is always was always meant to be about looking out for all communities and you know in the original principles of policing when when policing was set up in 1829 you probably know this i don't know but the the guy who who invented policing so robert peel he set out nine principles by which policing should should uh, uh, adhere to and should be guided by mm. and they they work they've always worked and they're as relevant now as they always have been always mm. but the trouble is prohibition drug policy breaks those principles Mm. and it makes Mm. it makes policing dysfunctional and what the most perhaps the most important one that it breaches is principle number seven which says that the police are the public and the public are the police the police are merely the people who wear the uniform
2: Mm -hmm.
6: they're merely the professional part of that community now that that principle is broken because minority parts of the community such as people who consume cannabis are now separated from policing and persecuted by policing. Yeah. So it breaches those principles from 1829, and um, that's one of the key things that we try and argue when we engage with police. Uh, you know, as part of Leap, is that you know this is this is damaged policing. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. distorted what policing should be because the policing should everybody should be have be able to have the protection of the law. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you—if you—if you have—if know, you—if you, have, um, if you, if you grow some cannabis and someone steals that from you, you haven't got the protection of the law, and that is so mm-hmm. fundamentally wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It is indeed. So what changed your mind? I mean, because for years you'd been a police officer on the drug force. What was it that uh, changed your mind and made you see that prohibition wasn't the right way to go?
6: There's loads and loads of things, to be honest. And the problem is, when you're involved in the covert policing world, um, particularly drugs policing, you get so involved and so wrapped up into, in, the, in, the, in the system and the, the culture as well,
5: mm-hmm. because it
6: tends to be the hardest working, most um, obsessive cops who work in that kind of uh, realm. And so you get fired up, you know, with with that sort of jingoistic um, way of doing things. So Mm. I was seeing things and experiencing things that were causing me massive doubts about what I was doing and the rights and wrongs of it. But I was really resistant to it. You know, it was almost like I wouldn't face up to the obvious things that were cropping up in my mind. So it took a lot of different things for me to eventually face up to all of all of the things I was witnessing, if that makes sense. But, but a few things, there was, there was one that there's a guy, a vulnerable guy I manipulated into introducing me to the people I needed to meet called Cammie in um, Nottinghamshire. And I spent a lot of time with Cammie. I spent a lot of time listening to him and he was one of the many people I, I, I realised and learned from, the fact that people who are using heroin problematically are doing so because of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not just me that says that. There's a huge academic base that, that I'm now aware of, but I was learning that by listening to people. And so he was a vulnerable people, and like most of the people I was, I was dealing with and manipulating. But anyway, at the end of the operation, he got arrested. As well, because he was committing offences on bail, but when he was in the police cells, he ended up being a minute-to-minute watch, suicide watch, mm. and um, you know, and that's because, from his point of view, I betrayed him, mm. which I had, you know, mm-hmm. I completely, you yeah, know, that was job. <laughs> that,
4: that was that was the whole reason you were there to do that kind of thing, wasn't it?
6: Yeah, exactly. And that ruthlessness, mm. it, it it damages other people, but it also damages self, you know, because mm. yeah. We, mm. It, it, so there was all sorts of damaging damage going on to my mental health, but that was one of the things I realised. But then, of course, I suppose the, the one that I quote the most in interviews and in the media and things is, is when I infiltrated the Burger Bar Boys and seven wow. months of work, 96 people, evidence gains against 96 different people, six of the really murderous, literally murderous Burger Bar Boys caught, huge, huge operation, hundreds of cops involved and um all that happened is the 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 drug supply was interrupted for only 2 hours it was yeah. only 2 hours before there was a new phone number out there and a mm. were storing. now you know if anything doesn't express the sheer futility of drugs policing i, I don't know what is
5: mm-hmm.
6: um so that was that was one of the final straws for me i thought that this you know this isn't just this isn't just futile futile would be bad enough but this is actually accelerating the violence in the street mm, making things
1: worse and you're putting your life on the line for it when it just to stop the drug supply for two hours it's not really yeah working, exactly it? And,
6: I, and i did I, I i was convinced i was going to die on at least two occasions in, in, during that during that operation as well they struck me a good
1: the, point the, the uh you had the samurai sword one was just two different experiences
6: I don't know, different job. The Samurai Saw was in about 1995, I think. The Burger Bar Boys was about nine years later. Yeah. Oof, so what I happened remember, there? I remember them very well, actually. Yeah, me
1: too, yeah. So yeah, what happened? You was at gunpoint, you say?
6: Yeah, well, I mean, one time they... they uh, I had an inkling that they were a little bit suspicious with me the day before. and On the morning, I, I had been wearing a camera. It got to the stage Oof. in the operation where I thought, because you, you don't start wearing equipment until you're really sure that someone trusts you. And I thought mm. they trusted me. But then this one morning, I thought, no, actually, I've got an inkling. I've got a feeling here. I've got a feeling they weren't right with me yesterday, so I'm going to leave the camera off. And I was glad I did, because they bundled me into this van, took me to the edge of this park, and told me to strip, saying, you, you've, you're you fucking heat, man. You're o. You're 5-0. I know you are.
5: Whoa. And, uh, and
6: I remember yeah. looking at him thinking, you're not old enough to have seen Hawaii Five-O.
5: <laughs>
6: you know, you know a really other funny, really funny thing that goes through your head because considering that you know I'm being told to strip naked and uh, this guy lifts up his shirt, uh, so I, he, I knew not to argue. Lift up his shirt, and there's a there's a, a pistol, a self-loading pistol, some you know semi-automatic pistol, mm-hmm. tucked into his tracksuit bottoms. And the weird thing I thought, looking at them, looking at it, thought. How the hell are those tracky bottoms keeping <laughs> <that gun>?
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I put my wallet in my tracky bottoms today and then nearly fell down on the way to the top. <laughs> no, it's, just,
6: it's just so weird. But it's, it's weird what goes through your head at times like that. It really is.
1: Man, and you've been in times yeah. like that more than once. It must be terrifying to think that you're about to lose your life.
6: Well, yeah. I mean, near-death near experiences, they're not, they're not healthy, that's for sure. Um and they've, they've they've contributed to my mental health problems uh, later on. But yeah, mm. yeah, I mean, there was there was loads of them, really. Um,
1: like um, more more than you can even remember, you know.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose I could count them. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, I've been chased and almost run over the car, and someone found my camera. Um,
1: someone found your camera.
6: Yeah, yeah. Oh. that that was in. That was in Leicester. Um, basically, I hadn't got any footage. I hadn't got any corroborating evidence on this particular gangster who I'd been buying from about four months before, and he was a he was a it was fairly major player, and we needed some corroboration on him. Um, but he wasn't coming out dealing hands-on. So I just thought, well, I know I know he's into really he's into his designer wear. I know he's into his clothes. So I got hold of some uh, fake stone island jackets some counterfeits and i've put a call into him saying okay mate i've got some clothes for you i know you're gonna like it so that tempted him out so that worked but the trouble is he came with two other guys i'd I'd never met before so so the guy i traded with previously he says what you just want to sell me these or do you want something while i'm here i thought well i'll have some white from you uh if you if you carry in yeah i'll have a 20 stone so so he sits back in the car and starts slicing up this little bit of crack from this massive block. and uh, But that meant his, his mates were there just looking at me and suspicious, looking at the jacket, <laughs> And one of them just pushed me up against this fence and said, how long have you known him for? How long have you known him? And I'm saying, well, I've known him for months, shouting to the car, saying, tell him. Anyway, he's searching my clothes and he's found he found the camera. Now, this is not James Bontak, you know. It's not. There's, there's no doubt what you found when you found it. There's, mm. there's a little metal um, button on a on a denim jacket. You know, the kind of metal stud buttons. Yeah. Mm. There's a little hole in there, and there's a little camera winking at him because he's found oh, it. Oh,
2: gosh. Yeah.
6: So he says he is an old man. He's fucking heat, man. He's fucking heat. So I was in a secluded car park. There was no one there. God and I was damn. right at the opposite end from the, from the entrance, like a real distance away. So... And there was no witnesses. So I knew I was in really, really serious trouble. Now, if I would tried to run away, then they would have chased me down. It's like you don't run from a pack of wolves because they'll get you. So so what I had to do is I basically thought I've got to slow down how long it takes him to convince the one that I know that I'm not who I seem to be. So I'm going to have to break that line of communication, and stop him communicating with him. So what I did is I just launched into this abusive tirade at him. I said, "It's not my fucking clothes. What are you fucking doing, picking at my fucking clothes? It's not even my fucking jacket. So I don't know what they're fucking on about." You, you fucking, and just fucking launched at him, and there's all this abuse about what he's doing with my clothes and shit. So, and then I snatched the jacket and slowly folded up this this item of clothing, go as slowly as I could, and slid it into the plastic bag. And, Started walking away really, really slowly, keeping up this torrent of abuse. Now it also it stopped him convincing his mate of who I was, but also it shocked him completely because he wasn't expecting that reaction. Hmm. So he so he could sort of it, it made him sort of doubt himself because yeah. of my reaction. So I gained me a few extra seconds. And so I carried on walking, carried on shouting, and then I hear running coming behind me. So I'm thinking about halfway across the car park. So I think oh, shit, if I spin round and punch one of them, maybe that'll give me enough time to sprint and get to the to the road.
1: Or maybe it would just piss them off. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I spun round, and it's the guy I know, and he's come running after me saying, hey, don't you want this ting? And he's got this little piece of, celloph- uh, of mm-hmm. clink, and he to wrap it up saying, don't you want the ting? Oh,
5: shit.
6: And he says, don't mind my mate, he's a dickhead. And I no said, way. "Yes, he is a dickhead. He's a <laughs> fucking dickhead that. Picks up <laughs> what he's it about? <laughs> so, but then, so he's holding out this crack. I'm thinking, you really want to sell me crack now? Are you yeah, fucking kidding <laughs> me? I'll take the twenty quid out, and all the exchange is caught perfectly on the camera. Just, just to, just, just for the icing on the cake, I suppose. And, twenty um, pound
1: as well. Whoa.
6: Yeah. So, uh, so he's screaming at him, mate. He's fucking heat. I'm fucking telling you. So he goes back and I walk to the edge of the uh, car park thinking I'm going to escape. And then I hear the wheels spinning. So finally he's convinced him of what he's found and he comes roaring after me. So then I just start running and I start running. I get, I get to the, to the road and it's actually, it's actually a dual carriageway. It's part of the inner ring road in Leicester. So I am running, sprinting along the pavement. And then I get to this roundabout where it's quite nearby where, you know, the, where you get a roundabout and a dual carriage where you get a metal railing which separates the footpath from the road
5: mm-hmm.
6: yeah, it's one of those so i just get to that point and the car it go, can't go any further it's been coming up the pavement after me
5: whoa, so it must have been within
6: hell. it, it scrammed the brakes on to stop crashing into the barrier it must have been no more than two meters away from me when it did so i was a second or two away from being squashed there whoa anyway i started walking then it was quite easy from that point for me to then get to the pedestrian area. So I wasn't that far away from safety at that point. So I did that and they went around the roundabout staring at me a couple of times. And then anyway, I went back to the safe location, did the debrief, handed the, handed the drugs over and told them about it, told them the registration number of the description. Anyway, the Intel guy went and looked them up, came back a few minutes later and said, he was laughing. He was laughing. He says, oh, wow, I don't know why they didn't just shoot you. I says, what? <laughs> he says, yeah there's loads of intel that they've got a gun in that car
1: right whoa
6: so why are they tried to run me over instead of shooting me I don't know really
1: man That's very lucky crazy. yeah, yeah. On bullets. so this was just another one of the uh, sticky situations you found yourself in
6: <laughs> yeah yeah
4: i got some balls mate I'll give you that
1: <laughs> yeah you know I mean you oh, fucking with not- some dangerous people oh yeah <laughs> was neil woods everybody unpredictable twats
5: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah so like there was no real good place to end it so i thought i'd fade it off there where ZN was just telling this guy he had massive bollocks and that thought it was a good place to end as any but yeah man neil woods check out his books if you haven't already i mean zn has gone gone and rabbit ears, bought bought bought, bought a copy, a copy. But, you know, you can get it on Amazon and all fine bookstores. Uh, yeah, uh, search it, for it, Drug Wars or Good Cop, Bad War. That, that's, yeah, both that's the
4: one I got.
5: Which it, one it, you got, it,
4: Bad War one? Yeah, The Good Cop, Bad War. It's, two, it's the same book. It's two, there's two books. One's called Good Cop, Bad War, and one's called Something Else.
1: Uh, is he on YouTube, Paddy J says? He's on YouTube like doing interviews all over the place, up on yeah. <laughs> Vice and loads of big channels, man.
4: Have a, look, have a look for his flipping interview with Ross Kemp. Oh, my God, Ross Kemp is such a tosser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're watching Ross Kemp, argue with me. Come on. <laughs> Ross Kemp's all right, isn't he? Honestly, he's got, he's got this thing, right, where he's now doing podcasts as well as like undercover shows with police forces and prisons and all this shit. Mm. And he's got to be the worst interviewer I have ever, ever seen in my whole entire life. He never uh-huh. lets people finish their story. If you ask people a question, they get like three quarters of the way through it and he takes over.
5: Yeah.
1: No bend. Anyway, yeah, this isn't about Ross Kemp.
4: No, it's not. But, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, watch watch his interview people with <laughs> Ross Kemp and let me know if you think the same.
1: But yes, anyway, so Neil, check him out on own, and check out Leap UK as well or Leap whatever country and you'll be able to find what, uh, an organisation where you are. And support them if you can. You know, they're mm. part of the fight as well, even though they're, you know, they they are on the other side, sort of. But,
4: but at they, the end of the day, the other side, they're a handy part of the fight if they're mm-hmm. on the other side.
1: That's right. They can infiltrate in the right
4: places. Yes. Indeed. They know the right people. So, yeah, man, and we
1: do we do have this interview in full. It's like 90 minutes long, which I'm going to edit up and get out there to everybody at some point. So give an eye out for that. Make sure you're a part of the mailing list and... Yeah, and you'll find out at some point when it goes out. So that's it. We have some listener mail we should get to. Are we ready for that? And um, before we oh, before we start the listener mail, um, Mackie, can we just ask hmm. Martin, what was the total kilometers, does he know, and um, done for the Alicia thing? So yeah, how many today? people
4: took part in shit? Yeah. I kind of took part. Well, I, I did, but I, I didn't show because I kind of forgot about it, but I've Ooh, been to the, the, the shop cool. three times today, so that class is as
1: <laughs> I did like three or four. I, I don't know. It was a long one. You've today got a with dog. The dog. Yeah, yeah. So there was a reason for me to go out. Yeah.
4: But I were not like just... going to
1: track my position and shit and be like, look, everybody, here's Mackie for the next fucking hour. I, but I, but I tried out. to do a thing to, to meet up with a few people, but nobody... Um... Nobody was there. Nobody was <laughs> there. <himself did. laughs> <laughs>
5: um, <laughs> He
1: says here that um he reckons that it was that it was done. A couple of hundred people took part in it. And many done done far more than two kilometers. Some even done ten. I done about about six or seven kilometers. I reckon myself. Sweet. No, but um, so yeah, no, that's that's epic. Yeah, man. Good work, everybody. But let's go on to listener mail. Time to chill out and smoke some weed and talk about some messages you all have been sending us this week. So we, we have a list of uh, different questions, really. We've got many questions this week, some philosophical, some grow related and shit. But we'll take the first one. And I think, Marge, you might be the best one to handle this one because this is your kind of expertise. Uh, level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, from Postman Wayne over in New York. Shout out to Postman Wayne. What's up, bro? I hope you're all good out there. He's got stickers, a purses, and a high and homegrown sticker on the back of his van he drives around with them on the back in oh, New York. Man. Sweet. Okay. Nice one, Postman Wayne. Yeah. So, do I need to decarb CBD?
3: And I think this is a great question. So, thanks for asking it, Wayne. And the short answer is yes, you do.
1: Yes. Yes. So, next. Got, been uh, short answer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and
3: you would decarb it for the same reasons you decarb any weed mm-hmm. that you're using in your edibles.
1: Yeah. Just uh, take that acidity bit off it right the cbda and the thca same thing yeah. yeah
3: and cbd weed you know cbd dominant weed versus thc dominant weed it's it's all weed as they say so yeah, yeah man. same thing Decarb, it.
1: de-carb it. and we've got guides then marge also has a guide on our podcast there's a guide over on Percy's grow room so if you need to know how to decarb it's all there and we've also got an episode on it as well i think it might be like episode 10 or something i don't know he's out there check it out so then we got one from Husky ZN. I think this was a good one for you to start. Does a tree falling in the forest make a sound if no one is there to hear it?
4: Of course, it bloody does. Why are you stupid? <laughs> 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 it doesn't just go. <laughs> if you listen, right? If you're standing in a fucking forest and a tree falls down behind you and you hear it like boom. And you turn around and you're running like fuck. There's a reason for that. have got fell down. I've and got her, um... this massive noise. But if you're not there, you won't the hear noise. it. But it doesn't mean it didn't make the same noise. Yeah, you know. Because like that and The
1: world well, doesn't revolve around you. Well, yeah. I
4: mean,
0: How do you know that you weren't standing in a forest and a tree fell behind you that
4: didn't make the sound and you just didn't know it?
1: The simulation, like, you don't need to know oh, about it. It doesn't trees- need to simulate sound.
4: The mass of a tree and its surroundings kind of tend to lean to the the, the, the what's it of when it breaks and falls, it's making loads of noise. It well, the, one, the ones that do loads. make
0: noise and all that, yeah, you know about
4: those, but what about the ones that don't make noise, though? That you don't, yeah, because know about you, yeah, you're only there not hearing them, so that's how they're not <laughs> making noise.
1: Well, I, I have the <laughs> one for it during storm Ophelia, that who or herself, yeah. You know, there was nobody around the trees in my garden, the fucking 90-foot conker trees that were there. um, boy, Jesus, they made a sound when they came down. Mm.
6: Mm. And there was no one
1: around. They shook my fucking house. All right. That's vibrations. Right. Which is essentially sound. Yeah. uh, And, what, what, well, I think, yeah, it does make a sound. But there's a funny joke, a little bit sexist, so apologies, Marge. But... uh. If a man speaks and there isn't a woman around to hear him, is he still wrong?
5: (laughs) 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 It's a good one, right? (laughs) So
1: (laughs) one one from Twisted here, he says, uh, do edibles go bad? I've got some blueberry muffins that were made last Sunday, sitting in a Ziploc bag on the table, looking tasty. And some gummies that have been in the refrigerator for a couple of weeks. I've been eating lots of edibles lately. And I was wondering if I should be storing them in a certain way or disposing of them after a certain time. What do you think, Raj? That's another one of you there.
3: Yeah, that's a great question. And do edibles go bad? I wouldn't know because I've never had any edibles last that long, but <laughs> <laughs> if I ever do make something like muffins, for instance, because uh, obviously anything you make at home is going to be more perishable than something you buy because you're not putting preservatives into it. And if you're unsure, a lot of the stuff you can freeze. And I do freeze a lot of edibles Cool. if I can't eat them in a timely manner, if I'm like giving them away to people and stuff. So, cause yes, they can go bad for sure. If you leave them around for too long, it depends on a lot of things like muffins. If it's really warm in your house, it's summertime or whatever, they're going to go bad faster, but just freeze them.
2: You essentially can them. just treat it as normal food,
3: no? Yeah, I would like, yeah. just would say that yeah.
1: because it's a fucking it's a muffin. You're to yeah. if you if you make a normal muffin, all you're doing is adding in a bit of weed to at the end of the day, you know, and if bit yeah. of butter or an oil. If and the if, weed
3: does not magically keep it longer,
1: no. So if, if longer. If your bread goes moldy when it's sitting in the bag on the counter after a couple three or four days. Well, the likelihood of your muffin going moldy is probably.
3: Okay. yeah so put stuff in the fridge or freezer fridge is probably is good and if you think it'll be you know you can't eat them or you've just made a huge batch of something a lot of stuff you can definitely freeze
1: so now we have one for tg i think this one is best for tg are you ready tg
5: no <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> one second <laughs> yeah, right you
5: right. did this that is... on purpose that's what you get when you put your camera
4: on
1: <laughs> this is uh from Aussie Jim who is from Australia I don't know if you guessed that by the name shout out yeah, to I our was. Australian listeners out there I
4: thought it was one of those piss takes
1: Uh I might not be able to listen live but here's a question thanks Jim we appreciate that man just drop questions in the thread or email them to us anybody you don't have to be alive to ask them so alcie jim says is light a particle or a wave why oh, fuck.
5: <laughs> quantum <laughs> physics scary shit it's both
1: it's both mm-hmm.
0: bro but come but <laughs> come on keep going it can't be. It, it it does exhibit both, but, but it it's either
1: possible. one or the other.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> I think you have to have to lean more toward wave because if it's particle and particles have mass, and mm, if, mm. if you're getting into uh, you know <laughs> relativity and things like that, accelerating any particle that has mass to light speed takes infinite amount of energy.
5: Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do we
0: have a particle that has no mass that we can accelerate to light speed so fast? So I'm. like,
4: leaning- T.J. So
5: eloquently
4: <laughs> explained.
0: No, I mean, no. Goes, I'll, I'll
5: go on this This is easy.
2: <laughs> photons. I mean, yeah, I I know a little teeny bit about particle wave duality, but not really much other than first year physics. So, a little out of my league, yeah. But I know there's this slit experiment where you know. You shoot mm-hmm. the, the light at the slit and it comes out in an in interference pattern, but it shouldn't or something. I forget exactly. But that proved that it's a wave, I think, or a particle. But both. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's
1: both at the same time. That's, it's a difficult yeah. one to answer because yeah, it, it behaves you're, like both. How you're
0: applying it. Yeah. it behaves like both, but, it, but it,
4: it can't behave like both ultimately. That's the problem.
1: hmm this is why it's hard to understand what the fuck's going
4: on with a photon. This is this is where all your quantum flipping theory of physics shit comes from. So they can like decide things without having any explanation for the shit going on whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, <It's> great. <laughs> you
0: know, but, but the, as we understand it, though, no relativity basically says it can't have any mass. If it's a particle, it's a it's a massless particle. So how Did do neutrinos
2: have mass?
0: They, I guess maybe if we take yeah. the boson off or something, we could do a particle with no mass, right?
2: your neutrinos
1: um, must have mass right? everything, said everything
4: must have mass
0: well i mean it's the theory is that the higgs boson is what gives things mass and we've just recently isolated that so mm. uh, maybe if maybe somewhere in there we lie lies the theory of particles with no mass
1: i don't know i'm just yeah. a stoner sitting here that reads photons not matter you know they have no mass so it can't be a particle. But photons behave like a particle and a what, wave at the same quantum time.
4: Quantum theory suggests they do have mass, though. Suggests. But at the same well, time... Well, again, it's, it's, it's a theory. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, the theory in science isn't the same as a the hypothesis. The theory is like, this is how this works. Try and prove it wrong. And it stands doesn't up, nobody do has does do Yeah, mass. nobody has done yet. Yeah.
2: 2015 Nobel Prize neutrinos do have mass. Canadians. Woo. Yeah. Woo. More Canadian, oh, Yeah, so I'm, I'm
1: afraid that one might be just a little bit out of our depth there, Jim. We <laughs> we <laughs> nearly had
0: that one, mate. <laughs> we will um, we'll take this up on a future session, maybe.
1: Yeah, we'll go yeah. research it and we'll come back in about 20 years <laughs> and we'll discuss that. so and then we have something from Fweech. Uh, can I expect much of a jump in yield if I'm going from 14 to 18 liters? Yes. Uh yeah, maybe an ounce. Yeah, yeah, I mean it'll be a bigger plant, it'll be much more happier in the bigger pot, but then it depends yeah. on what medium you're in as well.
4: That's what I'm just gonna say. Yeah, with soil, definitely you should expect a little bit more, yeah. but with cocoa, yeah,
1: not so fresh. much. Yeah,
4: well, I say I went up from 18 to 25 with the 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 difference between the canner and the soum, and then mm-hmm. the yield went up. Yeah, but yeah. that could have been down to the soum as well. roots
2: as well. Yeah, bigger roots equal bigger fruits. Yes, <laughs> this is true. Or leaders isn't really that much bigger, so.
1: More roots, more shoots and shit, you know. Wow. Big and the, bigger the, part is, the, the bigger the pot is, the bigger the roots. Groups.
2: Groups.
4: Yeah. Big, yeah. huge fucking roots. I'm so loving the look of them so far. I went, I went up to check them just before the show as it goes, and I'm like, whoa.
5: <laughs>
1: Do we have any more questions from anybody in chat? Yes,
4: we've, we've got one from Billy Bonds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> How What's many cannabis users does it take to change a light bulb?
1: One, if it's in this grow, <laughs> well,
4: yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Is there no answer to this? Well, it depends on the light bulb, I suppose. If it's an important light bulb like the one in your grow, then yeah, one and it's done before it even blows, usually. Um, Does this
1: look like crabs? <laughs> yes, if thanks, Jay. If, yeah. <laughs> if,
4: if, if it's one you in your flipping in your front room, do you actually need it just yet? And can it wait a couple of weeks until you're ready? or you need it for some extraction process or you need it to find the, the bud that you dropped or, you know?
1: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so that's about it. Well, that's all the questions we have for listener mail. I don't see any more popping up there in chat. We'll give a, a couple more minutes and don't forget you can always send you any questions you have or, you know, whether they're philosophical or about growing cannabis or, you know, about TV shows, you want our opinion on what TV show you're watching or what you want to watch, anything like that, shout outs, then email us at at gmail.com or admin at homegrown.com because we can do that now too. Or, you know, find us on Percy's. Or all of us are on Percy's Grow Room. If you want to drop anyone from the panel a message, then just head over to percysgrowroom.com, sign up. And you have to have 10 posts to yeah, okay. send a message, but we'll see your posts and we'll comment on it. So don't be afraid to say hi. Uh, when is Ozark back from Paddy J. I don't know. Don't watch it. Oh, that's a
3: great show. I mm-hmm. like that one.
1: I haven't seen that one. Did everybody yeah, watch Squid Games? No. I
3: did. I finished it. It was, was great. Yeah, good TV. I watch it, watch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> did you finish it, Mackie? Yeah, yeah, I finished
4: yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to watch yeah. it now. Yeah. No,
1: it was good. Yeah, You'll enjoy good. it. Zian. I mean it's it's got it's overdubbed and shit, but you don't really matter. You get used to that kind of thing.
4: I got, I've got a silent flipping witness on me thing at the minute. I've gone from series one to I'm on series 20, no, 19 now.
1: Uh, MSOC has a question. Why don't I have my bling jet? You probably have to message an admin member and be like, yes. can you do this for me, please? And that will be done. Do just yeah, If you on. keep just messaging me on, on like yes. when, when we're live and links.
0: shit. <laughs> if you've got diaries or something that you need it for, whatever it is, send me the links, send me the information. I'll take care of that for you right away, man.
1: Sweet, yeah. And Squid Games is on Netflix, bro. Check it out. A rough, a rough rough watch
4: it to that is. Don't bother Mackey. Sort monkey, monkey or sort. You
1: can bother Mackey. Just while we're live is not a good idea because I'll forget what we're doing in like five minutes.
0: I mean, I'll do that. all I'll do that all the time on the forum, but I I can't expect to be caught to catch everybody's diary when they close. So just let me know, Uh, and I'll be happy to sort that for you.
1: Communication is key to running a smooth 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 ship and all that shit.
0: Asking, you shall receive.
1: Indeed. Okay, here we go. From Chilbert. We've got one here oh, from Chilbert. Uh, <laughs> Billy Bonds, what spam made from? Uh,
4: Luncheon meat, pork, fat. Should, should I wear
1: old. a mask when attending my plants? Not necessarily. Uh, you, you can if you want to. I mean, there's no reason why you can't take extra precautions, but you should be okay. It's nothing really dodgy. And then let's get this one from Chilbert. Please discuss the difference in the plants we grow and how they might test. K O R grow is that a Korean farming maybe? You see, this? anybody see that? You know, can you make sense of that?
0: K-O-R-G-R-O-D-R test. or grow
1: compared
0: to the claims grow, made by
1: seed companies? To, yeah, uh, I don't. Know, just, okay, I see what he
0: says. He's basically saying how how do these how would these plants be tested or grow compared to what the seed companies say they will. So. Hmm. What the, what the claims of the breeders are versus reality is what he's asking. Oh. Gordon
1: Bennett. I, know, I think you just always have to remember that, that it's just an estimate when it comes from the breeder because though it, they tested their plant at this level, that's going to depend on what food it's, it's fed, what what temperatures like, humidity is like, what light it's grown under. All this different it's going to make a difference to the end result. Yeah. yeah. So you, you can't really judge it. I mean, it's like you got a rough idea of it
2: I I think a good comparison is like when you go buy a car, right? You you read the tag on the car window and it's like, this gets, you know, six liters per 100K in the city and 12 on the highway. And then you drive it and it's like fucking eight or 10 or something Hmm. because you're bag driving it. You're using shitty fuel. You're doing this and that. You know, driving on low tires. Um, So, yeah, it really does depend on your environment. And I would say those seed companies, like, they probably have the ability to optimize their environments as best they can. So they're going to put out the big numbers to obviously try and sell their seeds. And, you know, if you don't get quite that much, then, well, it must've been your light or your this or your that. It's easy to, to throw blame around. Not that they do, but I think it's more of an ideal, um, like uh, goal than, than anything really. Maybe it happened once, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't trust those. Uh, at least I don't. It's not that I don't trust them. I don't use those as a metric when I go to buy seeds. Mm. Or get and seeds. then
1: one last one uh, from Constant Gardener. Why is Star Dog so popular in the UK? that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it,
4: it was one of them. It started off as everybody was wanting it. It was another one that crossed over from abroad and everybody wanted to get hold of it. So all you do is then decided that they were like wanting Stardog. So all the growers were growing Stardog and it just got overdone and, overdone and overdone and overdone and overdone. And to the point where everything that everybody was selling for about six months of like 2019, was Star Dog, whether it was fucking Stardog mm-hmm. or not.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it, right there, mate. Whether it was Stardog or not, because it was so popular. Everybody just like, yeah, this is Stardog. Yeah, it's Stardog. Any strange. Some of it Star was,
4: quite a lot of it was. Yeah. But then obviously you got your dickheads that just wanted to make money that are going, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. It's pure dog, mate. Pure yeah. fire, fire, yeah, yeah, fire yeah, yeah, yeah. blood, fire. You know? get at and me you farm. get it and you sniff it and it smells like cheese. And you're thinking, mm-hmm. that's a strange cross. Yeah. Really?
1: But that's a, it. probably isn't as popular as everybody made out. It. It's just like the up. name was used a lot.
4: Oh, so it's <laughs> the same with the wedding cake and the rumps, isn't it? They mm-hmm. did that. And last the washing gig. machine. And the washing machine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and like Gilbert says, there with the UK cheese, it did. Same happened there as well. That's mm. what you want. We'll call it whatever you want. Sure, Never head
5: star dog. Yeah. <laughs>
1: No, I've yeah. had it because I'm in the UK, but I've never grown it. I don't think.
4: <laughs> yeah. I've never grown it either. I've had some really nice star dogs, it goes. Yeah, I've got the. I've got actually. Somebody sent me a message on bloody Instagram today, and said like he's got the best star dog he's ever tasted. Do I want some? And I said no, thanks. Right. <laughs> Sorry, dog. No. What the fuck is it? Um, um, no, just some strain. It's yeah, it's a chem dog and somewhere else cross. Um, Maybe
1: we'll do that on Strain of the Week next week. Yeah. Kevin Dog go. and trade do Dog. Okay. <laughs> right then, so she's we she's should she's move she's on bad. to the outro. Yeah, so next week, what we're saying, we're going to have, um, I think next week we should talk about powder and mildew, what you all think? Okay. Seems like a good idea. Well, I don't think we've covered that one yet. So we'll do uh, Powder and Mildew. Next week, and next week, we've got an interview with the author of a couple of books. Uh, Emily Dufton is her name. So, so that one's already recorded. Cool, really cool interview. Me and Monkey did that one.
5: I like it's that sweet, one. Man.
1: Yeah, it's a good interview. And she wrote some interesting books, and we'll tell you all about that one next week, or you'll find out more about it on the mailing list on Wednesday. Don't forget, if you're a Patreon, then the this episode will be able to be downloaded tomorrow, which is Monday. And then it'll be out for everybody else on Tuesday. And if you're not a patron, then sign up if you can. Sweet. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else to add before we move on? Is that it? We're done. We'll catch you all next week on Friday or Sunday. Maybe both. Don't forget to visit homegrown.com. Yeah. Sweet. That's it then. Should we say goodbye, everybody? Goodbye, everybody. Say
0: goodbye. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, folks. Bye.
1: Don't forget yeah. to tell your friends. Oh. Bring your friends next time. Bring friends to the show hello, hello. Yes yeah. Bring friends one. We like friends friends. Yeah. friends Friend Goodbye you know. Goodbye
4: everybody you know. yeah. Somebody else is singing a song this week yeah. uh,
1: so if you ha- if you smoke the weed and you're like this tastes like uh, this tastes like my old fishing boot then yep. it's probably moldy there's not a terpene that does that